We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's mailbag time, so let's dive into some questions. We have some start already. We're going to go through and find some more. If you do have questions you want us to get to, please go ahead and throw those in there now, and we will get to them. But we have a, a several Super Chats here. One, we have one from Patrick Quinlan, who, happy birthday, Ryan. First beer is on me. So there you go, Ryan. Christopher Morgan has a couple Super Chats, three Super Chats, actually, here. First one, thank you, Christopher, very, very much. Off topic, I'm taking a longtime friend to her first Notre Dame home game November 5th. I told her this game could be could go either way, but I wanted to feel the experience of diehard indie fans and why go why go crazy in game. Uh, so I guess my question is, will you guys have a tailgate November fifth so I could possibly introduce her to you guys so she could see I'm not just a crazy Notre Dame fan and flipper to Notre Dame fans. And if you have a tailgate, this is the last super chat. Thank you, Chris. If you have a tailgate, will you mer- will you have merch on site so I can buy her some IB stuff? My goal is to have her join and sub to follow Notre Dame on this great site. So first of all, good luck. I see. I see. You know, I, I like what you're trying to do there. I like your friend. Uh, that's good. But uh, we will have we, the plan now is to have a, a tailgate on November fifth. So, in, barring family issues coming up, uh, my parents plan on coming to town that weekend, and whenever they're in town, they like to tailgate. So, what I don't know is if I'm going to have my mom cook. I'm trying to convince her to just let me buy food that she can then work on setting up because I want her to just kind of relax. But she keeps telling me, but I love to cook. I love to do stuff. And she does. She like caters almost every wedding in our family because she's a really good cook. So we'll see. But we are going to have a tailgate. We will get together uh, on that day. It'll be a lot more. I mean, it's a night game, so we'll have a lot more time to kind of hang out than the 2.30 kickoff for the last time we had a tailgate, which was still a ton of fun. So, yes, we will have a November 5th tailgate at, at Notre Dame. Where it will be, not sure yet. It's always up to kind of where the parking is. But, yes, we will have a tailgate that day. I, I will not have merch on site. You know, I, I I'm going to kind of next year, I think is going to think about this. Cause it's, it's an interesting idea. The problem is, is like all the merch has to kind of be bought from a, from vendors. We go through Printful, So it's a, it's a print on demand company. So I will not have merch, but you know, we'll be rocking merch. There will be people there. will be rocking merch. You can kind of show it off to them and be like, Hey, I want one of those. And then maybe you can go 
get it to her, get it for her, and then it comes and then, you know, deliver it and then give it to her as a present. So we'll hook it up that way. But we we will not have merch on site. But that's something to consider moving forward is maybe having some hats and, you know, maybe a few shirts at these if people want to buy. So or maybe have some fun, like if somebody signs up, you know, or something that day, who knows, we'll have some fun with it. But no, we won't have it this time, Christopher, but we will be there. So you can meet us. Well, well, you meet me. I'll be there. Uh, I don't I don't know about the rest of the staff. I'll have to talk to those guys about it, but I'll be there. My parents will be there, and so it'll be a lot of fun. So I look forward to it very much. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I never dreamed I would talk this much about coffee, especially since I'm not really a coffee drinker. But ever since we first tried Trade Coffee, my coffee-loving wife is not only hooked, but I've even started to drink coffee. And I've got my mom hooked on it as well. Let me tell you about Trade Coffee. It's a coffee subscription service unlike anything you've tried before because they partner with top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in the country direct to your home on your preferred schedule. Their team of experts do all the work, taste testing hundreds of coffees from across the U.S. every month to curate over 450 exceptional coffees that make the cut. I've told you about our collection, the rich, sweet flavor of the Big City Roast from Joe Coffee, the full flavor of the Black Velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters, where you can actually taste the malted milk balls. We love it. And if what I got isn't up your alley, don't worry. Trade will have whatever it is that you want. You can shop their most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile, or you can take the coffee quiz like we did and get expertly matched with the coffees that you'll love. Trade is the easiest way to get your very best tasting coffee delivered fresh when you need it. You've got nothing to lose because Trade guarantees you will love your first bag. If not, they'll work with you to replace it for free. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order, plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash Irish. That's drinktrade.com slash Irish for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the world. Give it a shot. Let's get to some questions here, Ryan. Ryan Schulte, morning, getting this question in early. Can't stay for the whole live show. What specific route concepts would you attack Syracuse Secondary in both 21 and 12 personnel groups. Thanks, fellas. Ryan, you want to take first crack at this? Yeah, I, I think that we talked about one earlier in the week, Brian, is I think levels, you know, working, you know, make some flood to, to the field, right? Like there's situations because what 
Syracuse's corners are really good at is they're they're off man corners, right? Like they're not they, they play some press, but like for the most part, they're playing off man. I won't be being... shocked if they play more press this game, though. Oh. Just based off what they've seen on film against Notre Dame every single game so far this year. Wouldn't shock you, me. You could be very well correct, but based on film, what they are right now is they are an off-man team that is in very good clicking and closing, working downhill, and they they don't let anything behind you. So to occupy that type of that type of concept, right? I want to get some high-low action on them. I want to get a flat threat. I want to get somebody working behind them. I want to get a vertical. Like I want those things to be in, implemented in the playbook this week because for a good corner like a Garrett Williams or a Deuce Chestnut they're most of the time going to be in the proper spots. I want to make them guess wrong then, right? Like I want there to be op- options of different spots that I can attack on a defense. So that would be one. And then, I mean, another big thing is, I mean, you're talking about especially out of 12 personnel, Brian, like we've talked about this a ton, right? How about a little Michael Mayer down the seam and the other tight end kind of working it in a trail, working down the middle of the field, because you know that Syracuse is going to play some too high in this football game, whether it's working cover two, cover four, or two man. So let's occupy one of the safeties on the front side and then bring a tight end underneath on a trail, whether that is Mayer or whether that is Mitchell Evans or Holden Stace or whoever, to get that middle of the field open because there's going to be opportunities for that if you occupy those safeties on the hash to attack the middle of the field in their too high coverages. So there will be a couple of things, so levels, some some um, some um, – some occupying guys down the seam, working some under routes, that type of thing. I think my thing is that I want there to be options, high-lowing defensive backs in this matchup. I agree with a lot of that. Some of that stuff we talked about this week too, Ryan. Obviously, we we discussed you know getting some uh, the flood concepts. We said there are, there are definitely some field concepts to to that you can utilize this week. We saw Purdue with that. Now I. You know, can Drew Pine make those throws? We'll see. I do also think that, you know, we haven't seen Notre Dame run a lot of smash this year. And that's been a concept that they like to use a lot in the past. And and, the re- and part of the thing is they haven't faced a lot of cover two this year. And smash is a great cover two concept. Cover two, cover four concept. But the problem is teams have been playing ways that I think limit just their effectiveness running that concept. And it's, a, a, it's something they ran a lot last year. Syracuse based on what they've shown, Ryan, is going to run a lot of cover two into the boundary, a lot. This is a game where you can get Michael Mayer isolated on some smash concepts where you can maybe get a Mitchell Evans or even a Tobias Merriweather isolated on some of those concepts where you can have some success. I also think because of the way they play cover two, I think there's some there's some backside over stuff that you can do from a trips field, bringing it back to the sideline where you can kind of you know run a smash concept right? Maybe you utilize a back, you know, use your receiver. Look, here's the thought, right? Like, so you reduce your, your W, right? Bring him down a little bit, maybe about like five yards off the tackle, run him on a corner route and have your back run like a slide or a wide hitch to occupy the corner. And then you've got, cause that, that linebacker is going to run with Michael Mayer or the receiver trying to ride him up field. Cause you know, and then the safety's over top and then you yep. can bring some levels backside, you know, so smash into the boundary with a, a kind of a, across and an in or in and an under things like that where or just an over where you can bring some stuff from a trip side uh out of that then you can just run some basic smash stuff out of your two by two i think especially out of 12 personnel i really like the idea of running smash this week out of 12 personnel with both your tight ends in the boundary you know just have your your one tight end kind of run like a wide stop or a wide hitch have your normal tight end run an isolation corner route against their safeties i like that matchup just tell drew dude put it up high 
their corners yeah. can their safeties are not good enough to to beat Michael Mayer or especially Mitchell Evans. That's who I would keep an eye on because he's he's about an inch taller than Michael Mayer. And he's got really long arms. You know, mm-hmm. maybe you give him a shot because if Syracuse in there, like, holy crap, Mitchell Evans just beat us for a 30 yard pass. This is not good. <laughs> You know, I think there are some things there where they could have some success. I think there's some things that you can do with your running backs out of 12 personnel, uh, you know, kind of running, running them off and then bringing some underneath routes. Because if you're 12 personnel, the boundary, they'll have their corner and their safety there. But their linebackers to that side are also going to be keying on those vertical releases. You know, you can get your running backs in some isolations as well uh, with those concepts. Obviously, the RPO stuff, the bubbles, I, I would like to see some things like that you know, where you can be effective. If you can pick some tendencies of, of how they are in, in their inside blitzes, maybe a, an inside screen or something like that. 21 personnel is where I really want to see Notre Dame have some fun this week throwing the football. And, mm-hmm. and you know, we talked about levels. I kind of look at it, what I'm talking about is not so much levels, Ryan, but layers. And, and that's two different things for me. Levels is three guys kind of working together on a, on a vertical stretch, high, low, or low, right. high vertical stretch. Levels to me is that, and that's great stuff. We talk a lot about that. Layers is something that I look at where it's accomplishing the same thing, but it's done in different waves. And you see a lot of teams do this where, you know, you kind of have like a vertical route and then you kind of bring like a guy on like a follow, you know, so you run a wide fade and and that takes them out, but then you kind of bring a back or an inside guy that kind of delays and then kind of works out late, you know, because what Syracuse will do is if you show a drop back vertical pass, they will bail they will jump underneath it hard and so i think if you're willing to be patient there's some stuff with your backs on you know first and 10 from some of your spread stuff they won't do it as much out of 21 and 12 but out of 21 if you go wide if you put chris tyree out wide or maybe you can run some screen stuff to him but then also with logan diggs i would go 21 this week a lot with logan diggs and chris tyree and you have chris tyree outside where you can like i said run him a hitch run him on an under run him on some screen stuff right but then as you drop back and let them get vertical, you got Logan Diggs there to pick up any blitzing. But if they're not blitzing, then what I would do is I'd leak him out and almost kind of have Drew. Drew, you got one read. You're reading this high-low right here. And if it's not there, come back late to Logan because there will be room to catch and run on checkdowns this week. So those that's another area where you can get you can steal some yards against them. So I actually think there's a lot that they can do this game. And then we've seen them do something else. Out of 12 personnel, the way that they defend 12 personnel, Ryan, especially if a team is a is a run-heavy 12 personnel team, there's going to be a lot of one-on-one opportunities to the field out of twins. So if you put your two tight ends in the back, there's going to be some one-on-ones. Or if you just go two-by-two two to spread them out a little bit more, there's some opportunities there to have – like on. and here's one, 22. 22 personnel. Put – Two tight ends boundary, put Chris Tyree in the slot to the field because they're going to adjust personnel-wise and go with the bigger personnel, maybe run some bubbles and some things. But the point is there's some one-on-one opportunities to the field. And I think, Ryan, if you can get them in single high or man looks, you've got to be willing to take some shots down the field. And yes. don't, you know, you've, you've got to be – and I would, I personally would put Tobias and Deion Colsey in those situations. And I'm talking field shots. It's a mm-hmm. little tougher to take boundary shots because the way they play cover two – but if you get them in a single high where they're starting to bring the safety down, I'd, I'd, I'd go that route. So I think t- that, too, is sometimes stop with the scheme, put Tobias on whoever they have, drop back, tell Drew, hit your three and let her rip. Throw it as far as you can, right? Let them run underneath it or let them go make a play on it. 
And that's another thing that I would do in this look. Love it. So Love it. all types of different things. There's a lot of opportunities. It's just about what are you comfortable with and, and, and what can Drew, what's Drew most comfortable with is really what it comes down to. We got some more super chats here from Zach Martin. In my opinion, Notre Dame should run the beer with DJ. You know, just trying to start some problems. Just trying to start some problems there, Ryan. Christopher Morgan. Uh, thank you for the super chat, Zach. Christopher Morgan with another super chat. Hey, happy birthday, Ryan. Here is a beer on me. It's an expensive beer. Thank you for the thank super you, chat, man. Yeah, that's and a, that's then, a uh, high price beer. That's quality yeah, beer man. right there. <laughs> Tyler Evans uh, with a super chat. Would you have a quarterback spy for the – would you have a – I think he meant uh, – would you have a quarterback spy for the Syracuse quarterback? We talked about that a little bit earlier, Ryan. I would in drop eight. In spots, but yeah, not, in spots. But not, yeah. not as my main game plan, no. No, yeah, no. It's and we talked about it before. I mean, Tyler, I am all for a spy in certain situations, big moments in the football game for sure. If it's killing you, right? But I mean, I am much more. Hey, defensive line wise and linebacker, let's stick to our keys, man, and let's make some plays, and that'll kind of take care of itself, right? Like I think that spy. Some people rely too much on spies at time, and then that I mean that's taking a player away from your secondary, right? That's taking one less coverage guy. I want for me. I want to try to confuse Garrett Schrader a little bit, get him in obvious pass situations, but I want him to just – I want Notre Dame's defensive line to maintain good gap integrity where he doesn't have a free lane, where he doesn't have that type of thing. And honestly, there's other ways to work spy – like so, in, so schematically what a spy is, right? You talk about a linebacker that is just – his priority is that quarterback, wherever he goes, you are just maintaining your leverage on him. Your eyes are to him all the time. Well, if I run at some zone defense at times, right, too, where my eyes are back to the quarterback, you become a de facto spy regardless. So I think that people overuse the spy thing a little bit too much, maintain gap integrity, be good on the second level, play good defense, and I think that you will eliminate a lot of what what, what makes Garrett Schrader special. So yep. at times, sure, just it's that won't be my main game plan. Not not at all. Notre Dame 2164. I understand set, sitting estimate down for the rest of the UNLV, UNLV game to send a message, but I hope they give him another chance this week. I agree, especially against an undersized defense, Ryan. I mean, this is a game where estimate can have some success. He needs yep. to sit, right? He needed to sit against UNLV. He needs to kind of have that, dude, you've got to do a better job protecting the football. you got to get that sucker tucked. You can't let, you know, you can't have it here but away from your body. you got to really keep that thing tight in traffic. He's yep. too good, though, to just write off. Mm-hmm. You just – now, if he has another one, you're, you get to the point where it's like, okay, it's the point of diminishing returns, you know, but I'm not ready to sit him completely, no. Not at all. Especially with his talent level and he's only a sophomore, right? Yes. Like if this was a senior – where it was just like a consistent issue, I'd be like, all right, man, like this is just not going right. to happen. But uh, to your point, he's a talented young back. He needs right. to play. He needs to play. Yeah. And I had no issue with him being sat for the rest of the football right. game. My issue after the – I remember we talked a little bit about this on the postgame show was I hoped – and this is my worst this is my, my worst fear is that they're like, oh, Andre, uh, you know, we're, Audric, we're done with you for the rest of the year, man. Like we can't trust you. And that I think would be a very flawed idea. Right, because I think again, long term, Audrey Estimate needs to be and can be a dude for you. That's what yep. he can be, and I don't think you can give up on him yet. You can't. Absolutely, and especially this game because if you're able to keep this thing close and use him as the hammer in the fourth quarter the way you have, that's when you can really put this thing away. Because I would, yep. if you're able to lean on them the first three quarters, and then all of a sudden you start hammering them in the fourth quarter with with him and Diggs two fifteen and two thirty. 
you know, you're going to have some success there, man. There's no doubt about it. Uh, next question from DMND13. What do you think is more likely Saturday, a point total over 59 and a half or a point total under 37 and a half? So Ryan will be able to answer this when he gets back from fixing his flag, which came off. Uh, what is more likely on Saturday? I just, boy, you know, I would probably go under on that just because I have a hard time seeing these two teams averaging 30 points. I I honestly don't think that, I don't think Syracuse is, let me, let me look at this, other than the UConn game, I can't think of another game where Syracuse has been in the combined point total because yeah, you had fifty. You had sixty-two against UConn, forty-eight against Louisville, fifty-one at sixty-one. Okay, the Virginia game was there, but that was—I think that game went to overtime or just late. They had a kick field goal late. Virginia was forty-two. Wagner was fifty-nine. That was even under thirty-three for NC State and forty-eight for Clemson. So they haven't played in a lot of games this year. When you combine that with how bad Notre Dame's offense has been for most of the year, I'd have a—I—I I, I wouldn't take the over on that. If I was betting, I would take the over. I think the under, I could certainly see a 20 to 17 game. Uh, certainly it's could possible. see that. Yeah, it's certainly could see that. Yeah. These are two good defensive football teams against two not really explosive, high scoring offensive football teams. I could absolutely see that. Would I predict 20 to 17? No, probably not. But it's not far off from what my prediction is going to be tomorrow. I'll, I'll just say right. that. Timeout Tom asks, if there was one thing I thought Notre Dame wouldn't have a problem with this season was being emotionally ready to play, why do you think that hasn't been the case? I actually Good point. I actually don't think that's been an issue until Stanford. It wasn't that long ago we were talking about, I think, going into BYU and actually going into the Stanford game. What we had said was, outside of a little bit against Marshall because of the OSU hangover, the one thing about this team is they were emotionally ready to play. They were emotionally ready to play against Cal. They were emotionally ready to play against North Carolina and BYU. It just like something clicked on happened against Stanford. I think maybe maybe they overlooked Stanford. I don't know what the case was. And then I think that loss sent them into a funk last week. So up until the Stanford game, I really don't think that was an issue, to be honest with you. Why has it mm-hmm. been an issue the last couple games? That I don't have an answer to. I, I wonder if part of it, some guys maybe – just checked out. Maybe there's a lack of confidence that I'm not being put in position to be successful. You've had a lot of things going against you. You lost to Stanford, you know, Jacob Lacey leaves. There's just been a lot of, there's a lot of behind the scenes turmoil going on with certain kids and players and things like that. So I think that factors into it, Ryan, uh, is potential issues, but to say what it is, I I couldn't tell you. I I really couldn't tell you exactly what it is. It could be a flurry of different things. I mean, like you said, it could be just some players just they're just not there mentally right now, right? They're just like, nope, you know, this isn't this isn't rolling. And anytime you lose a couple football games that you shouldn't, that kind of puts you into a little bit of a funk. I mean, it, I'm interested though to see this game again. Where you're going to Syracuse, you're gonna be in front of a pretty good crowd. You're gonna be playing the number 16 team in the country. If energy is an issue this week, then I start to. I yes. start to get my red flag out. Like that's that's taking that red flag and I'm man. chucking it onto the field, yeah, man. There's no that's doubt. not no that's doubt. not great. Because like you can somewhat forget it's not it shouldn't happen, but you can somewhat forgive it against UNLV because you could walk into there and you're I mean, just it shouldn't messy, happen, right? but these are college right. kids. They watch film, they know this team's not nearly as good as they are. And it was and and honestly, the defense didn't play like a team that was uninspired. They just kind of right. went through the motions in pregame and they didn't come out of the tunnel super fired up. 
But the defense at least came out and executed. I mean, they both teams executed pretty well early outside of one play by the defense. You know, yep. first drive, Notre Dame came out. Yeah, they weren't fired up and emotionally fired up. But you know what? They went right down the field and scored. Yep. You know, defensively, they came out and overwhelmed UNLV early. So, yeah, but to Ryan's point, against a team like that, you know, I get it. They watch film. I mean, that's the that's the reason Lou Holtz was so hard on his players when they were playing bad teams. I mean, they would talk about mm-hmm. this. He would, man, we hated Navy week. Because remember, back then, Navy wasn't very good. We hated playing Rice. Because we knew that week, man, coach was going to be all over us. Why did he do that? Because he knew they're not going to get up for this game by themselves. And I say, well, you know, kids should always – there's a difference between loving playing college football and being emotionally at your peak getting ready to play a team that you know you're way better than. You know, And I think that partly explains the Stanford game too because I don't think this team has necessarily the leadership or the maturity to say, yeah, this team's not good, but we still got to handle our business. And I think that's kind of part of the issue against Stanford as well. Irish Blooded says, question about Dino Babers. Do you think they are overachieving this year, or do you guys think Dino has been an underrated coach and needing to turn the corner the last couple of years? I don't think Dino's an underrated coach because Syracuse has under, underachieved in recent seasons. I, I don't think they've played to their team's potential by at least a couple games a year. Like, for example, last year, that team had no business losing at home to Rutgers. None. Yeah. None. Yeah. It was a bad loss. You know, how does a team go toe-to-toe with Clemson, go toe-to-toe with Wake Forest, beat Virginia Tech, you know, do all that, beat Liberty, who's a good team last year, give Florida State a game on the road, losing by three, and then lose at home to Rutgers. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that you beat Rutgers at home, you're in a bowl game last year. You know, I think he's underachieved. What I think this year is, I think they're playing to their potential. This, look, yeah. we said it before the year. Ryan and I both said before the season – this has a chance to be the best secondary Notre Dame is going to face this year. And as it's played out, they're, it's not even a chance. They just – they are. They are. Yeah. I had Michael Michael Jones on my preseason all-opponent team. And, and not that Ryan didn't agree with it, but there was just another guy. He had a different guy. But it, was, it wasn't it was like, whoa, no way. It was like, yeah, I see it. I get it. Right? So we thought they're de- – and Ryan talked about Deuce Chestnut this summer when we yeah. were talking about that, how he's an underrated guy on their defense. And then, of course, Sean Tucker was – you know, it was a battle between him and Travion Henderson on who we were going to put on the all-opponent first team there. So it, it, Matthew Bergeron, the left tackle, was on our first both of our first team all-opponent team squad. So I think this year what's happening is, and Garrett Schrader was a four-star top 300 recruit coming out of high school. I think what they're doing this year is this staff has done a good job of finally getting this team to play to their potential. So mm-hmm. I don't think they're overachieving as much as they're not underachieving like they have in the past. Now, look. Syracuse still has a lot to prove, Ryan, yep. because I would argue that there's been only one team that they've played so far that could match them talent-wise, and that's Clemson, who surpassed them, and they beat them. Purdue mm-hmm. and Syracuse are similar talent-wise, and it was a battle, and, and Syracuse won. But they've got Notre Dame this week at Pitt, home against Florida State, at Wake Forest, at Boston College. There's a lot of winnable games there for them. There's a lot of losable games there for them, too. So I still need to see them finish before I'm ready to completely say, hey, great job, Coach Babers. So, you know, people say, oh, you know, maybe maybe he should be up for the coach of the year if they can beat Notre Dame and go on a roll. Maybe. But I think it will look on paper, oh, great job turning this program around. But I think they did a poor job with past teams, in my opinion. And so I put it more on that, Ryan. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. 
I don't disagree. I also do think that this year stars have aligned a little bit in the sense that they made a really good hire with their offensive coordinator, right? And I think that Dino took a step back and said, like, hey, I need a different opinion offensively. And they have worked a little bit of a different concept, conceptual approach on the offensive side of the football. And also, Brian, I think that a big reason is some of their best football players have now – are now seasoned vets, right? Like Garrett Williams is a redshirt junior. Sean Tucker is a true junior. Matthew Bergeron is a junior. Like Redshirt junior, right? Redshirt junior, yeah. yeah, uh, Junior or redshirt junior, either way. Those guys – He's in his fourth year. Is he in his fourth year? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So those guys that had been a part of some struggles early on are now veterans, right? Like so I think a couple things have aligned, but to your point, I don't disagree. I think that they have underachieved the last couple years, but I think – Hats off to Dino you know, Babers in one instance of understanding, like, hey, I need somebody else in here to help with this offense because right. it's struggling right now to be different than what I've done. And then defensively, I think, again, the stars have kind of aligned because all your dudes on defense right now are now upperclassmen, yeah. juniors, seniors. Like, that's happened. And Tom Reese talked about this, too, this week, and it was a, a, a good observation by him. You could kind of see it in 2020. They played a lot of young guys in 2020, and it was the first year into the new defensive coordinator. And at times you could say, oh, you know what? This this team might have a chance. You know, there were times in 2020 where you say, when these kids get to their junior year, insert, you know, positive prognostication. And so, the you know, it's kind of like what Marcus Freeman did with a lot of those kids at Cincinnati. You know, they, they came in, they had these really young kids. They had their struggles in year one, but by year two, year three, he had those young kids had been in his system a few years, and all of a sudden, wow! Cincinnati goes from a, meet, a below average defense in his first year to a lights out defense that that you know kept Georgia's run game in check in his third year. Similar yep. situation here with what they've done with their D coordinators. He's been coaching these kids now for three years. Michael Jones is a three year starter. Garrett Williams is a three year starter. These guys have been playing a lot of football, and they've got things figured out. They're playing with confidence, and they're winning football games. So Notre Dame needs to sap that early. You know, yep. so uh, yeah, that that's that's a really really good uh, really good observation there. All right, next question from Keith Wiegand. guys. Any thoughts on Notre Dame offering uh, 2023 quarterback Rock Cholesky? So a little background there. Notre Dame offered him about was about two weeks ago, Ryan, as a mm-hmm. as a football and baseball player. Uh, yep. Did some research on Rock, and there's definitely interest on both sides. However. He's projected by many to be a first-round Major League Baseball pick. Now, the interesting thing is he's a really a first-year starter at Hamilton. He played some as a junior, but he's really a first-year starter. So he's under the radar in that regard. But it's the baseball thing that's really the big thing. This kid is athletic, and he has a cannon for an arm. But he's also a shortstop, a really good shortstop. And I've seen him. He's in the top tw- – almost a consensus top 20 pick or top 20 ranked high school baseball player looking at the draft. So there's a good chance he's going to be a first-round draft pick, which would make it a little bit challenging for him to 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 do both. But we've seen it before. You know, Russell Wilson was technically a walk-on at NC State. Ricky Williams was, I believe, technically a walk-on at Texas because he played Major League Baseball as well. So we've seen it. I know that Notre Dame has interest in him. They have interest in him, you know, doing both at Notre Dame. Uh, I doubt that he does that, Ryan. I think if he's going to come to if he was if he's going to go to college. I think it'll probably be more he plays pro baseball in the summer and then plays football in the fall when baseball season is over, most likely. 
uh, or okay he just it. plays baseball, right? <laughs> Uh, but uh, very talented kid. It's just a little early. It's a little early there, but there's definitely some interest there. And what's well, some backstory on that one here as we get closer to signing day on on why Notre Dame is is involved in this one a little bit more. So, and QB update or QB recruiting will be part of the update that I put up later today uh, for the intel piece on the the boards at boards.irishbreakdown.com. So sign up. Also, I should probably throw out a mind, reminder to two people. So uh, I put in, sent an email out about it today. I'm going to actually send a follow-up email later because I'm going to actually move the date up. We're actually going to uh, cancel our PayPal account on November 1st. Is Now, we've removed PayPal from being an option for new signups, but if you're already signed up, we're going to cancel our account. So if your monthly membership, when it renew, goes to renew in November, it will not auto-renew. You're going to have to change your payment format Uh if you're an annual member, it's not something to worry about right now unless it runs out in, in November. Uh, so obviously you'll need to change that. It's an easy process. If you have any questions about it, please email me at brian at irishbreakdown.com. But uh, we're going to disassociate with PayPal. And I've uh, been meaning to say that. and just thought of that when I was talking about signing up for the boards. If you haven't signed up yet and you're going to sign up now, it doesn't matter because it's not an option. So you don't have to worry about it. You just have the one option. Uh, but if you have signed up with PayPal in the past, uh, you'll, you'll have gotten an email from me about it. I'm actually going to move the date up. I said December 1st in the email. I'm going to actually move it up to November 1st. So just to give everybody a heads up on that. James Brothers says, I still, I think Lindsay is still having problems with his hamstring. I will say this, Ryan. Number mm-hmm. one, I don't agree. If he is, good Lord, how open would he be every game <laughs> if he if he had a healthy hamstring? Now, I don't see it. Yeah. He's going to run four three at the combine if he's got a hamstring issue right yes. now. I mean, because he's yes. I mean he's leaving some dudes in the dust. He's at open like every he's open. single game. This is what fans. If you're at the, I've had people this year who have reached out to me. He's like, dude, I didn't believe you when you were talking about Lindsey always being open until I went to whatever game, and I saw it. He's open all the time, and you know, and they say, well, when they throw him the ball, he's not open. Yeah, that's the problem, right? <laughs> that's the <laughs> issue, right? I mean, he should have had three catches for 140 yards against Marshall. Ryan. Yep. <laughs> Next question from uh, actually, we have a question from Jessica Schmidt. Jessica asks, do you think Luafau will be used in a similar way as to how he was used against North Carolina this week? I think, yeah, I I, I would. Cause he was aggressive. They, they triggered him a lot run first yeah. and second down. He was a pass rusher on third down. I think that played a role in their ability to keep uh, Drake may sort of contained in that game was having mm-hmm. him and then that allowed them to have some success on the edge because you couldn't fan out the Foskey because you had to deal with you had to deal with uh, Maris Lufau coming up the middle. So I, I personally yeah. would do similar things this week, Ryan. I, I think that this is a very important game for Maris Lufau, Brian, because I mean for the most part throughout the season he's been very underwhelming and we've highlighted that plenty of times. Had a pretty decent showing against North Carolina and I actually thought last week was Maybe his best game of the season so far, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Again, again, it's, yep. it's against UNLV, so he has to do it against a better team. Well, but, but see, really let, th- let, me, let me just interrupt you there for a second, Ryan, because the yeah. issues with Maris haven't been, oh, bad teams or uh, good teams are overwhelming him. It's, dude, what are you doing? Why are you assign? Right. Why are you right. not assignment correct here? Why are you not where you need to be? So right. I think the fact so is, not is a, that it's not that a physical thing; it's right. a mental thing. Right. But against yeah. UNLV, the reason he was effective is because he was outside of, I would say, one play. The option, mm-hmm. I'm not even like, were they even prepared for that? You know, was he actually supposed to take? I, you know, like I'm gonna 
I don't know enough about the call there to say he screwed up. That's my point. Even I if he know. attacks the quarter, even if he attacks the quarterback on that play, Brian, that that pitch is he's walking score. in. Like he's, right. he's and walking if he takes in. the yeah, pitch exactly. out, the quarterback walks in. Right. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. I don't know if they were prepared, yeah. and and I don't know the call, so I'm not faulting him for that. However, mm-hmm. he had a bad run fit on the 70 yard run. Outside of that, he was where he needed to be, and he did it aggressively mm-hmm. and physically. So yes, I understand what you're saying about you don't want to get too hyped up about UNLV, but it wasn't yep. so much that he dominated physically. It's that mm-hmm. he was where he was supposed to be. And that's, yes, that to me is something that's indep- – you doing your job is independent of the quality of your opposition. Yep. Right? Now, that, how that well was, you do your job can be impacted by the quality of the opposition. Yeah. I, that was maybe the, the first game this season where I actually thought Maris, even in his bad plays, was in the right spot, like consistently. I There wasn't really a play that I was like, wow, dude, like how are – why are you there right now? Like I don't understand what your thought process is of why you are there. I don't get it. Like, he was pretty clean as far as where he was supposed to be on the football field. Bad fit, sure. But, I mean, he's he's fitting the right gap. It's just he's taking the block on incorrectly, right? Like, that's the kind of the, the, the frustrating thing about it. But I think it's a big game for Maris, though, because you played pretty well last week. You played well, played good, I would say. Can you stack games now, right? That's where confidence builds. Can you have two good games in a row where now you're going into Clemson and Hey, if you have another good game against Clemson, now maybe you start seeing the Maris that we expected to see. Or does he have a bad game and then it's just kind of like super inconsistent and you're just kind of right. throwing it out again? Like that's yeah. this, this is a big game, I think, for Maris Lolifow. I think it is. Especially against an athletic quarterback like this. Like he's a he could be a weapon if he is in the right spot and he's doing what he needs to do. Because athletically, there's never been any question about Maris Lolifow. He's a very he's a very talented kid. Right. He's a very, very athletic kid for sure. He's just now got to turn that into being a good football player. Absolutely right, Ryan. And then there's a question here from Irish Mills. Brian, if you were Marcus Freeman or Tommy Reese or Al Golden, if you had control of the team, what is one thing you would change right away, both offensively and defensively? Okay, I'm going to kind of cheat. I'm going to kind of do two things that kind of go together, and I think this will make sense right on offense. Defensively, it's simple. Number literally and figuratively offensively i think if i could just make one change one change and again i can only make one i'm going to tie two things together and make it one because i can and that is i'm going to mix up the run game inside and out more so Mm -hmm. i'm going to add more outside zone and i'm going to add a buck sweep to the concepts right now i would i would still use in more inside zone but hey if you're dead set on duo fine but just add the buck sweep add the outside zone stuff to it and then I would tag RPOs with a lot of that stuff. That's mine. So that kind of goes together, yeah. right? It kind of yeah. goes together a little bit for me. Uh, defensively, it's just simplify. Let your dudes be dudes. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, literally, I don't care if it's Clemson or USC. You got to let your dudes be dudes. Right now, there are some matchups that USC has a better player than what Notre Dame will have on the other side of the field. I would argue, however, that against Clemson and USC, that on defense, Notre Dame will have a better player across from a guy for USC and Clemson. They will have more my dudes better than your dudes matchups against both of those offenses because of what you have at defensive line-wise, right? And so uh, let your dudes be dudes. Stop trying to out-scheme everybody and their mother, right? Come up with some cool stuff. Have some fun blitzes and all that kind of stuff. That's fine. But make sure that that nothing you do – keeps these kids from playing fast. So I'd scale yep. things back. Now, I'm not saying you just line up in the same defense 
every play. But you know what? Clark Lee kind of came close to that. And, you know, their defense was pretty good, right? So just find that happy medium. I don't believe in that, but I also don't believe in overcomplexity. Scale things back a little bit. Figure out what you guys are really good at and make sure you're majoring in that. And then minor in mm-hmm. the other stuff, minor in the blitzes, minor in the coverage looks and all that kind of stuff, you know, but find out what your guys are really, really good at and major in that stuff. Those are the two things, Ryan, that I would do. What about you? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. RPO is my one on offense, which is the easy one for me. I just think that it makes so much sense, Brian, especially with a team that has been running the football at a pretty healthy clip recently. Like Notre Dame's been a good rushing team. And the quarterback that you have, I think that, I mean, True Pine is made, in my opinion, to be an RPO quarterback. Like he has the traits that you would want that to best accentuate his strengths, I feel like, is to be a quick decision maker. And that gives you that parameter to be that type of offense. RPO is number one for me. Like there'd be so many more tags off of the run game than what I have right now. I also agree with diversity, but I am not going to cheat. Like you just cheated. I'm only going to pick one thing. So I'm going to go with RPO. Well, they go together because you're tagging them with the runs. They go together. Yeah. You know, I can't have one without the other, but I, you know, I can, I'm allowed to do that. So, uh, (laughs) you know, I'm going to get away with it and, and do it when I can. So, uh, now I thought Jessica Schmidt kind of nailed it, Ryan. Uh, she had a uh, she had a, something in there also that. So if I'm going to do my thing, here's what we'll do. I'll add one thing. So I'm Marcus Freeman. You're Tommy Reese. I'll add diversity in the run game. You add RPO. So then we've added the other thing. We're going to let Jessica add something else in there, and that is <laughs> go up tempo. Now what yes. I would say is I don't know if Notre Dame needs to go up tempo. But I think they need to go with more tempo. Is yep. what I would say. And, and that's something that I would like to see. She says defensively not using safety blitzes on third long when your safety comes from 12 plus yards per each, per each. So we haven't, uh, we haven't seen it recently with the safety blitzes. Right. So let's hope that that we saw it against Stanford. We saw it against Stanford. Oh, yeah, and they banged did. a post route right behind it. Just do a post I, I, right behind it. Easy. Oh, I, I forgot about that one. Yeah. I'm trying to block one. that game out of my mind. Yeah. Josh <laughs> H91. Brian is a former OC. Is there any value to having Mayor sit out for a few team sessions during practice to help Pine learn to go to other options? My initial reaction to this, Ryan, was no, because I'm not punishing Mayor because Pine's looking for right. him. But as I thought about it, I said, you know, I actually think there is some value to it for two reasons. Number one is this one, but primarily, I think it also gives me a chance to rest Michael Mayer because he has taken a beating this year because yes. of how of, of the way that teams have thrown at him. Uh, giving him some reps off to let Mitchell Evans get more work as the one, to let Stace and Kane Barong get more work as the two and the three, 
I think there's value to that. So you're getting close to November now. Give Michael mm-hmm. Mayer some serious off in team. Now, you still need to have him out there at times, but maybe you cut his reps in half in some of those periods, yeah. especially maybe seven on seven. I don't know if I'd maybe do it as much as in team, but maybe as in seven on seven, you know, definitely during that period where you're giving those other kids some work, but then you're backing off of Michael Mayer's workload because, I mean, I mean everybody needs practice in college, but does he really need the full volume of practice? No. And then is a byproduct of that, that now Drew has to do more reads? Yes. But the driving mm-hmm. force has to be, we need to back off Mayer a little bit because we know he's physically ready. we got to make sure his legs are fresh and his body doesn't get dinged up the remainder of the year. You can't lose him from the offense. So okay. I would say that would be my reasoning for it, knowing that a byproduct is this. Mm-hmm. But I'm not taking him out just to make force Drew Pine to go to other places because all that's going to do is – you know, Drew's just going to go right back to him when he's in there. You know, right. I just it's got to be a byproduct of it. It's, it's, it's also it's also alienating the best leader on your team right now, in my opinion. Right. Like he's been right. he's been kind of the glue that's been keeping things together right. offensively, for being honest. Like he's you're punishing him for being pick. targeted. Right. Yes. Mm-mm, and everything we've heard that. of Michael Mayer is that he works, man. Like yeah. every day in practice, he's a worker. So I'm not punishing him for being the hard worker and consistent, good football player. Like I'm not yeah. doing that, man. Like right. he's earned every he's he's earned everything that he gets, and that's that's kind of I'm not punishing a kid for doing too well. <laughs> like that's so Absolutely. silly, in my opinion. It's so Absolutely. silly. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I understand the. I mean, it's it's silly, but I also completely understand where Josh is coming from. Because it's like you're just grasping a straw. How can you make him do this? So, yeah. like I said, if that's a byproduct of the real reason, which is you need to back off the workload of that kid in practice because you know he's going to be ready on Saturday. You mm-hmm. know he is. Then, 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 yeah, that's cool. But I don't think you can do that as the – you can't do it as the reason is so Drew can't look at him. Because, again, you're, you're now punishing your best player because your quarterback's – looking at him too much and I, right. I'm just not going there. Right. Here's right. an interesting question, Ryan, because uh, I, I kind of don't have a, a, a certain for sure answer on this. Keith Wiegand asked, do you guys think the D rotates too much? My answer would be sometimes. Yes. Huh. I do at, think at, at times at every it's spot to, or a certain spots? No, no. More so up front. Okay. More so up front uh, mm-hmm. and, and a little bit at safety. Okay. And the reason I say that is, is because I think sometimes I've kind of felt like in games they do so much rotating between the different personnel packages and all that, that it's like, are these guys really getting a chance to get into rhythm? You know, like what I liked about the Carolina game was, is because every time Carolina would go 12, they would mm-hmm. immediately put in a different package. That I liked because I felt like when you went in and that look, you knew exactly what your role was. Right. 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 But I I do feel like at times maybe it's overdone a little bit because mm-hmm. you're not and not that you're rotating too many guys, but more so like are guys really able to get into a rhythm mm-hmm. of the game? Because you got to I mean, I got to learn this guy's moves. I got to see what you know, what kind of, you know, he does this. And so when he does this, I've, I've rushed now four times outside. He's starting mm-hmm. to do this. Now I know I can set him up with the next time on a double move. Well, the next time you're not in the game. Right. You know. And so those are the things. That's why I'm usually pretty much against rotating corners because I really feel like you need the whole game to really learn a guy's tells, his moves, his 
you know, different things that his giveaways and all that type of stuff. And if you're not seeing them consistently, then it's harder to kind of get into that kind of rhythm. So yeah, that's, interesting. That, that's, that's my, I feel, like I, need to, I feel like I need to think about this one more. Cause my initial yeah. thought was no, like, I, but it wasn't like right. a, no, it was like a maybe question mark. No, I, I it's, it's a tough one, you know, because I think that there is, I mean, you made great points, right? Like there is a, there is a cohesiveness to how you rotate to getting guys in rhythm and in the right spots. I I guess I, I just need to think about it more, Keith, if I'm being honest, like maybe ask me about this one after I chew on it for a couple of days. Cause I, I'm trying to think of like instances where I think it like hurt them and I can't really come off of, come up with them off the top of my head. So I, I just need to think on that one. I think a little more chew on yeah. it. Yeah. It's a, it's a very interesting question. It really is. It is. It's, it's all provoking. Had- Right. We both had the same initial reaction of no, because we both like rotating. But then they kind of like, okay, it's you can do something, but not do it right. Something can be correct in theory, but wrong in execution. And and so that's kind of my my hold up. My hold up. Here's an interesting comment from Brent Smith. Houston Griffith has quietly had a very nice year. However, DJ taking snaps away assert the secondary what say you i agree with the first part for sure i do i think houston griffiths had a really quietly solid year he hasn't made any spectacular plays but you know what he's also done he's there was one open field tackle he missed and i can't remember which game it was but other than that he's been where he needs to be consistently yeah Uh, he's had a good year dj i thought was good early and he was good early yes but he is he's faded in the last few games. He has not been nearly as good in the last few games, but he was pretty good early in the year. He was, he was. So I I thought he had a pretty good game against Ohio state, DJ Brown. I thought he had a good night. Nice game in that game. Yeah. 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 Very much so. Very much so. So that's going to do it for the questions for today. Do it for today's questions. I appreciate everybody. We had some really good questions today, really good responses and engagement. There's a Elon Musk battle going on now in the chat, which is kind of funny to me. Uh, so, uh, you know, hey, look, if you're going to engage in conversation, be respectful. Okay. You can disagree with someone, but be respectful in doing so. Okay. That's my advice for some of the responses that just came in. Uh, so just be better than that, folks. We all need to be better than that, including me. And I was very cranky yesterday. So I went off on a couple questions yesterday. I took a question by, I think it was Wayne Martin, and took it completely the wrong way because I'm not feeling good. I've been kind of sick all week. I was a little cranky yesterday. So I, I appreciate that. We actually did have one final question we got to get to, Ryan, that just popped up. Father David says, quick question, Ryan. What's the birthday cake of choice? I, I know everybody's just going to, like, shun me for you this. You don't like but cake? Like, I, I, no, I love cake. I love carrot cake. Carrot cake okay. is a jam. So that's it, man. Carrot I cake. Like carrot. Yeah. Go ahead, Ryan. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, I can just get down with a, a good carrot cake. If it, One time I did have a carrot cake. That had a cheesecake layer in the middle of the carrot cake as well, which was fantastic. But yes, carrot cake is the jam. It is the jam. I liked carrot cake until my freshman year of college. I went to a school whose cafeteria was so bad. Like the first day I went up, it was Methodist College in North Carolina. I put the spoon in the pasta to get like, it was like ziti. And when I lifted it up, the whole tray lifted up. I was like, yeah, I'm not eating this. Because it wouldn't break. It wouldn't like separate. It was like one big chunk. Basically, what I had every day for lunch that year was bologna sandwiches and carrot cake. It's the only two edible things they had. And you know, sometimes you can have something so often you're like, oh, 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 no. So now, Ryan, 
would you have carrot cake as like a birthday cake? Like, you know, I, I, I literally did have birthday? cake. I had cake on Sunday for a okay. happy birthday. And your carrot, was cake, carrot cake. It was carrot cake. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Are there any other cakes that you do like, even if they're not your favorite? Oh, I, I love all types of cakes. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. What I'll was eat, your wedding cake cake. flavors? Our, our wedding cake cake was actually a, it was a let, it was like a, um, it was like a, a cake that had, it was like a vanilla cake that had a lemon curd in it and some berries and such. It was good. Okay. I'm a big lemon guy too. Love lemon. We had, I can only remember two of our flavors. We had amaretto flavor was one of our layers and Solid. cherry chip was another one. And I can't remember what the third, the third flavor was. I hope my wife's not listening right now because she's going to be really <sighs> mad at me. Uh, but so what she would do then on our anniversary is she would then make, cause my wife's, she doesn't like the bake, but when she does bake, she's really good at it, but she makes uh, am, uh cherry chip cupcakes with amaretto frosting and then she will uh she will mm-hmm. bake like almonds like she'll cut up almonds and bake them like roast them i should say and then put those around it mm-hmm. phenomenal. and then like put a, a, a maraschino cherry right on top it's phenomenal love them. nice so and then for my birthday she would make um because i'm not a big i'm not a big cake guy I'm, I just don't mm. like cake, period. I like chocolate cake. It's good. Uh, so, somebody said someone just said Mountain Dew. I saw that. I saw that. that. Um, what I like is I'm more of a cupcake guy, and, and Angela will make a German chocolate cupcake on my birthday, which is really good. Uh, so, yes, that's my favorite. But, yeah, carrot cake. I've never heard that as a top option for a birthday, Ryan, as I turned that conversation out. about me. Yeah, no, it. it's not weird. It's unique. I, it. I, I think it's interesting. So but you you like other cakes. It's just that's just your favorite cake. Yeah, I'm an old man at heart, man. I love carrot cake. Good, man. I don't know why. That, how's that old, why. an old thing? I feel I feel like you associate carrot cakes with old people. I, I think oh, so. Interesting. I never really yeah. thought about that. Because it's got like raisins in it, like nuts and stuff. Oh, see, I've never had like... carrot cake with raisins in it. At least not that I tasted yeah. a raisin. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Learn something new every day. <laughs> there you go. Ryan loves carrot cake. Good to know. Good to know. All right. Well, Ryan, we'll have to I have to get you a carrot cake tomorrow when we go out for dinner tomorrow night. So, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. So, looking forward you're to seeing you're you. You're gonna tomorrow. buy me a, a, Tom, a Tom Collins tomorrow too, and I'll eat with my I'll drink it with my carrot cake. Uh, we'll have to talk about that. I'm not sure if I'm gonna do that <laughs> one, but uh, yeah, I have to get you a carrot cake. So we'll have to see about that one. So anyway, uh, uh, anyway, does that have alcohol in it? Does Tom Collins have alcohol in it? Yeah, it's an old fashioned drink, like a mixture. Yeah, you really are mm-hmm. going old today. But no, I'll have yep. I'll buy you something different. Uh, but, uh, anyway, that's going to do it for today's show, everybody. Great, great questions. Great engagement for the most part in the chat. Uh, thank you all for your patience with me yesterday. So I was a little cranky yesterday, but I think I'm a little bit better mood today. Feel a little bit better, not too much, but at least feeling a little bit better. Uh, but also looking forward to my trip this weekend and Ryan's trip this weekend. So it'd be good to hang out and, uh, and watch a game together. This is actually the first game that you and I have watched together. We've been to yep. two games. We've been to games t- t- in person together. Uh, but you were in the stands and I was in the press box. It'll be good to to, to watch a game with you this time. So mm-hmm. no cheering in the press box, Ryan. I have to remind you of that again. I don't cheer. Tomorrow. I don't cheer. So I don't cheer. Perfect. I just Perfect. pace. Am I allowed to pace? A lot pace? of former players don't have that problem, I've noticed. Yeah. Like if you played the yeah. game, you, you're not maybe not as much of – I don't know. Maybe that could be wrong. Anyway, that's going to do it for today, everybody. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Share this podcast. If you haven't done so and you are a loyal listener to the show and you like our show – Go to your Apple podcast or Spotify and leave us a five-star review. We got to get some more five-star reviews up there and uh, and pump those things. So we would greatly, greatly appreciate that, of course. And, and again, sign up for boards at irishbreakdown.com. I'm going to have a recruiting intel update tonight. 
that I think I think y'all will enjoy a little bit. So I definitely want to check that out. So for Ryan, I'm Brian. We will have one more show tonight, Sean Styers and and I believe Jesse Styers, who has been have you listened to I mean, yeah, you've listened to their show before. Jesse does a really good job. If you haven't listened to that show, uh, of course, Vince does a great job, but Jesse does a really good job. Uh, when Sean came to me about having Jesse be a, a occasional cut, so I was like, okay, dude, you want to have your kid on there, whatever. I'll let you have that perk to get you over here. And I'm like, you know, whatever, because I know Jesse, I actually recruited Jesse to come when I was coaching the defiance, I actually recruited Jesse. He was a really good linebacker in high school. Uh, but, um, uh, did you see 10 days? Did you see 10 days response? He's joking no. about what you had on Twitter yesterday. Well done. Oh uh, yeah. Um, yeah. very well played my friend. Uh, but, um, but then you listen to Jesse and you're like, boy, he does a really good job. And he's very similar to kind of what we do. So he kind of brings that breakdown aspect to it. So if you haven't listened to Sean and Jesse, the father and son duo, check them out tonight on IB Nation Sports Talk. So they'll, 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 that'll be that their last show. Ryan and I will have a show for tomorrow at uh, 1 o'clock. And then, of course, 10 to noon on Saturday, Vince and Sean will have IB Nation uh, countdown to kickoff, the IB countdown to kickoff. So check all of that stuff out. But like, subscribe, notification, share, leave us a five-star review. But more importantly, have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.